really didn't want to follow that. So I was kind of like, that's going to be a tough act to follow. So, no, thank you girls so much for that. What a wonderful blessing that was. Uh, and we are excited this morning uh, to be finishing our Christmas series uh, on Christmas morning. What a blessing that is, that the Lord has arranged it that way. And so we pray that you've been blessed over the last three weeks uh, as we've journeyed through these different topics. And again, uh, Pastor Greg, what an amazing job he did last week, uh, reminding us and gift for everyone on your list. There's no great and challenged in that to share our faith and not just say it, but live it, not only live it, but say it and combine those things by the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I should say also, and I, I meant to note this a few moments ago, what a blessing it is. It's always great around the holidays to have Thanksgiving and Christmas to have uh, college students home with us. So it's great to have uh, Zach with us and Zach uh, Blount. Also to have Abby back with us again. It was great to see them uh, last night and this morning as well. Um, and then also just a blessing. It's always a blessing to have Alan Corbett with us um, who is serving in the Marine Corps. And so he was able to be here and play in the praise band this morning. And so what a blessing it is to have him with us. And so we greatly appreciate him being home as well. And I know the family is loving having him home and getting to spend Christmas with him as well. So uh, if you want to turn there, we'll get there in just a moment. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to finish up our series in Matthew chapter 1. And if you're using one of the Bibles provided in the seats in front of you, there are some Bibles in those rows. And so if you need a Bible and need to use one of those Bibles, that's totally fine. That's what they're there for. And so you can just turn to page 671. If you're using one of the Bibles provided, page 671. In 71, Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read in just a moment here. Over the last three weeks, we have covered a lot of ground talking about what it means to celebrate the gift of salvation. What does that look like this Christmas season? We have realized that it is the perfect gift at the right time. It is the perfect gift from the Father to us because it is the right or it fits the greatest need and comes at the right time. It is also the gift that keeps on giving. It is a gift that continually gives into our lives and provides for us so many blessings of things that we need from the gathering of the church. What a blessing it is to gather as the body of Christ week in and week out. And I pray that as we enter a new year, I'm not big on resolutions because I don't believe they're all that resolute if we're really being honest. But I understand why people do them. And there's nothing wrong with setting goals and setting desired expectations. And Lord, help me to achieve this this year. Help me to do this this year. There were some things in my personal walk that I prayed, Lord, help me to get better in this area or to grow in this area. Help me to be a better reader this year. Help me to read more this year than I've read before. And so it's fine with those things to set those goals. And I pray that as you come to the end of this year, you find yourself thankful that the Lord was allowing you to achieve some of those things. Now, if you're like me, you tend to go, well, yeah, I did this okay and that okay, but I really missed this one and I really didn't do that one. Let's not do that though. Let's not beat ourselves up for the areas where we didn't maybe get where we wanted to go. Let's be so thankful that the Lord has got us to where we are. And be thankful for the achievements. Be thankful for the steps that we took. We've said it so many times. We'll say it again next week. Change in your life. Real change. Positive, effective change for Christ is not seen through one or two big decisions. It comes through a lot of little choices that we make every single day that result in the biggest result that we see that comes to the biggest result. And so we have to understand that it's the little things we do. But we've talked about the fact that salvation is the gift that keeps on giving. And one of those blessings that come from the gift of salvation is the church. And so as we enter a new year, maybe you would decide 
make a commitment to say, Lord, I'm going to be more faithful this year in attending church services. I'm going to be more consistent. And here's the thing. Someone told me years ago, if you don't schedule your time, someone else will. And so maybe right now, before we even get into the new year, you would decide, Lord, starting next Sunday, help me to be more committed to the church. I don't just mean about showing up, but maybe the Lord will lead you to serve in some area, to give in some area, to be faithful in some area that he's calling you to and a gift or a talent that he's given you. And so maybe you would realize the blessing the church is and decide, I want to be a part of what God is doing at North Goodland. But in whatever way we see it, there's so many different gifts that come out of the gift of salvation. And as we just said last week, we talked about the reality that the gift of salvation is the perfect gift for anyone on your list. This morning... Quickly, and I really do mean I will try to be quick this morning. This morning, we want to discover that the gift of salvation is the gift that truly satisfies. Now, if you're following along on our app, there is an area for notes. And so if you go into our app and you go into media, sermon notes, you'll see today's date and that idea there. The notes will be there. And so you can follow along. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the gift of salvation is a gift that truly satisfies. Now, here's the reality. We've all received a gift a physical gift that brought satisfaction when we received it. You opened that gift up and you were just overjoyed. It it brought you great satisfaction, maybe because it met a need that you had. It fulfilled a desire. It met a need of something that you wanted in your life. Now, I should say here, because some will try to use that. I Actually, I said this a couple weeks ago that that the gifts of salvation provides a need. And we talked about how amazing it is when a need is met and how Jesus meets all of our needs. And someone said, well, then I'm, I'm praying for a new vehicle because that's my need and God's going to meet my need. And they were saying it tongue in cheek. So just so Kelsey knows, we're going to keep it within the realm of what we're talking about. All right. So she went a little crazy with that on Wednesday night one week, but praise the Lord for her faith. Amen. But, but we're talking about this idea that, that Physically speaking, we receive a gift and it satisfies us. It brings a level of satisfaction because it's a gift that we need. Maybe you're like Keith and and you received a car jack and some jack stands and you thought, this is cool, I'll get to use this one day. And then you decided to do some things and now the van needs some work. And day one, he gets to try out his new jack stand. It's a need. He he has satisfied now because he's like, I can just jack the van up. It's going to be great. Whatever that physical thing is, we've all received that level of satisfaction from a gift. Gift is, no matter how, it's not eternal. Gifts we have, they're not eternally satisfying. That there's a moment where that gift will lose its level of satisfaction in our lives because it breaks or it's damaged or it just wears out or we're just bored with it. When we were kids, we all received great gifts. And maybe this morning you received a great gift and it was satisfying and you loved it. But if we're being honest, even when we were kids, we received those gifts and then we get older and it loses that satisfaction because we change, our lives change, our situations change, and our needs are different now. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've received that gift and it's great and it's awesome to praise God for it and to thank others for it, but it doesn't really eternally satisfy. And we know this is true when we look at our culture. All December, really probably since October, You've seen ad after ad after ad trying to get you to buy this for someone else or buy that for someone else or buy this for yourself because it implies to you and sells you on you'll be satisfied if you have this. 
you get this car or this TV or this phone, then you'll be satisfied. And it almost tells you like, then you'll finally be fulfilled. But guess what's going to happen next October through November into December? They're going to try to sell you another product, sell you a different phone, a different car, a different thing. And they'll sell you on the fact of your life really isn't fulfilled until you have one of these And so we see even in our culture, not even just in a sense of Christianity, but in our culture, this is what advertising really is. You're not satisfied until you have this. Then you'll have everything you'll ever want. But we know that's not really true in the physical sense. The gift of salvation, however, satisfies fully, deeply, and actually eternally. The gift of salvation satisfies in every possible way for eternity. You will be completely fulfilled and satisfied in the gift of salvation. Go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. We have a thing every Christmas. We watch a movie that came out back in 2005, I believe, um, 2006, The Nativity Story. Um, it was in theaters and all of that. We, we went and saw it in a theater. Um, but every Christmas, we try to watch that. And I love the way it depicts the actual birth of Christ and the story of the birth of Christ. Not so much him being born, per se, but the life of Mary and Joseph before he's born. And I read this verse, and I can't help but think about that movie and the way it depicts Mary coming back from Elizabeth's home and, and she's now showing and, and the people in the community are just shocked and appalled and the way that they handle that situation. And I can't help but think about this, this verse. It's one verse to us, but imagine what Mary and Joseph are going through in this moment. She's espoused to Joseph. She's basically his wife in every sense but intimacy. And now she's found with child. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He wants to follow what God's law says. He wants to honor God. He wants to do the right thing as a follower of God. But he loves Mary, and he doesn't want to see her put to death. And so he makes this decision to just kind of privately put the matter away. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, and praise God for time to think, amen? I tell you right now, we're not going to get into it too much, but if you really want to have a great year next year, take time to think about what you're going to do before you do it. Think before you speak. There's great wisdom in being silent before you answer a question. Think it through. So I love that Joseph applied that. He thought it through. It says here, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her Is of the Holy Ghost. And so the angel is comforting Joseph. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, and we talked about this last night. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife 
and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray and ask the Lord to affirm these truths in our hearts and minds. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you give us wisdom and understanding. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would realize that in sending Christ, everything changes. That everything in our life is changed, including what satisfies us and where we find that fulfillment. Lord, it's not saying that we can't find joy and satisfaction in things in this world or in relationships or in careers and many other areas of things that you bless us with. But Lord, I pray that we would realize that the deep satisfaction, the fullness that we all long for, those cravings that you put in us can only be satisfied in you. And so thank you for sending your son. And thank you that now we know everything is different. Everything has changed. And we worship you. Father, now give us wisdom and understanding, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, according to this text, came to save or deliver his people from the power and penalty of sin and death. We talked about it last night. First John 3 talked about the fact that the appearing of Christ happened so that he might destroy the works of Satan. That we have victory over the enemy and we have salvation provided for the forgiveness of sins. He revealed that this life is not all there is and we can live for something more. In the coming of Christ, there is a revelation that there is more to life than just what we see. And so therefore, we can be satisfied with things that exist outside of what we see. Outside of our understanding. We can be satisfied beyond this world and what this world has to give. Because he, Christ, has delivered us and brought us peace with God. We can be satisfied in the Father through Christ by the Holy Spirit. You see, the gift of salvation satisfies fully. The gift of salvation satisfies fully. Because Christ came and dwelled among us. John chapter 1. Let's go there quickly. John chapter 1. Just over a couple pages there. John chapter 1. You're in Matthew. Go through Luke. And then you'll end up in John chapter 1. Verse 14. You see, the gift of salvation satisfies fully because Christ came and dwelled among us. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, a little side trivia here for you. You might have heard this Bible question recently, and you can kind of stump people a little bit. It's a little bit of a trick question, I guess. But people will say, which gospels record the birth of Christ? And many people will say that it's Matthew and Luke. Mark's gospel jumps right into the ministry of Christ, being the son of God, and nobody really talks about John. But actually, you can kind of stump them a little bit. John does record the birth of Christ. What does it say there? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This is the incarnation is the theological term of Christ. This is where God, the son, left the realms of glory and took on flesh and then dwelled among us. Don't let dwelled among us just kind of glance over you. That is a powerful reality that Jesus Christ... The perfect son of God taking on flesh dwelled among fallen humanity. I mean, imagine what he went through to see his creation act and act out in so many 
ungodly ways. He dwelled among us. He was patient with us. He endured with us in our fallen state. He had conversations with individuals. He loved on them. He ministered to them. He blessed them. He performed miracles to them and before them. He dwelled with us. He lived among us. Emmanuel, God with us. If Jesus would have just been born of a virgin, then because he's God and can do anything, miraculously just get to an age of where he can die for our sins and skip the dwelled with us part, our salvation would not be as full. Because Emmanuel is God with us. He endured with us so that we might understand the gospel. We might see the gospel. You see, he came not only to die on a cross for our sins, which obviously he did do, but he also came to demonstrate the love of God for us in living among us. And we know that love personally in Christ. And when you know that love, it changes everything. If Christ really took on flesh and dwelled among us, the co-eternal creator God took on flesh and was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life that was then that sinless life imputed or credited to those that place their faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in place of our sin so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. If that's true, which we say we believe. That's what Christmas represents. That's what the, the ministry and the life of Christ and the death of Christ and the gospel, that's what it all represents. If that's true, it changes everything. Not only for eternity in regards to heaven and hell, but it changes everything for how we live our lives today. If we have received Christ, then we are not satisfied in the mere pleasures of this world because there is something more, because there is someone more. And that, is, that person, that one, is bigger than our whole world. I love what C.S. Lewis writes in the Chronicles of Narnia. As he's writing in the Chronicles of Narnia, the character Queen Lucy says this. In our world, there was someone who was born in a stable that was bigger than our whole world. And that's powerful. That in our world... There was one who was born in a stable who is bigger. That infant, that baby, when he came, was bigger than our whole world. And if we don't get that, if we don't understand the gift of salvation, we will continue to chase worldly pleasures and worldly desires only to find ourselves completely, completely unsatisfied. Now, we might find momentary pleasure, momentary satisfaction. Those who chase money and chase career will believe themselves to be satisfied because look at all the cars, look at the house, look at the money, look at the quote-unquote financial security that I have. And then, at some point in their life, has been the case time and time again, something will reveal to them, as Solomon writes, vanity of vanities, it's all vain. It's like chasing the wind. You just need a little more. You just need a little more. It's all temporary. But people will spend their whole lives chasing this stuff. Why? Because they want to be satisfied. The only satisfaction that is lasting is in Christ. So let me ask you a question. You don't need to answer out loud. But where do you find your fulfillment? Where do you find your satisfaction? Again, yes, we can enjoy the blessings of this life. We can enjoy the treasures of this world that are given to us and blessed to us of family and friends and 
And when somebody gives us a gift, we can rejoice in that. But I would argue that in Christ, your family means more. The things of this world, the treasures of this world in Christ mean more and have more enjoyment and have more fulfillment because we're seeing them through the lens of already being completely satisfied in Christ. You see, the gift of salvation satisfies fully because Christ came and dwelled among us so that our sins may be forgiven and that we may have eternal life. And now because of that, our cravings are satisfied by our creator. Our cravings are satisfied by our creator. We were created with a longing deep inside of us. Sin has tried to twist that longing and fill that void with pleasures of the flesh. However, Christ alone can satisfy and fulfill our desires. Jesus said in John 6.35, and this is in your notes. If you want to jot it down, it should be in the outline on, on the app. Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And that's the satisfaction we have in Christ, to be fulfilled. In in preparing for this message, I came across the hymn, and and don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not one of those preachers, okay? I know Vic's been telling me for the last 17 years, every time I come up here, sing it, John. It's not happening, Vic. You can keep praying, but it's going to have to be one of those revelation burning bush kind of things. I love this song, though, and what the the hymn writer writes. All of my life long, I panted for a drink from some clear spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within, feeding on the husks around me till my strength was almost gone. Longed my soul for something better, only still to hunger on. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never fails, my Redeemer is to me. The chorus says, Hallelujah, I have found him whom my soul so long craved. Jesus satisfies my longings. Through his blood, I now am saved. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never fails, my Redeemer is to me. Is your Redeemer that for you? Would you echo those words and say, no matter what I go through in this life, no matter what I lose or what I gain, my Redeemer is a well springing up inside that satisfies. So this Christmas day, as we celebrate with family and friends and gifts and give and receive, again, doesn't matter how many gifts or how much it costs, what matters is the heart of the one giving and receiving. As you share blessings with one another and share words of encouragement, is Christ your satisfaction apart from all of that? In our world today, there is a need, there is a craving, and it's for the the hope only found in Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this morning, where is your satisfaction found? Where is your longing met? Because I will promise you, if you expect it to be from your spouse, you will be disappointed. Your spouse cannot meet your deepest cravings, your deepest longings. 
And in fact, I believe the reason we see so many issues in our culture and in our world in marriage and relationships is because, and even in the church, is because we as husbands and wives, we believe that we're not getting a need met in our spouse. And so maybe someone else, maybe something else, maybe I can find it somewhere else. And we're missing the whole point that no human being can satisfy you like Jesus has satisfied you in Christ through the gospel. That he has all we need. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Do you find your satisfaction in your Redeemer? Do you find your fulfillment and your joy in Christ? David Platt, author and pastor, said it so well. Our satisfaction is not found ultimately in gifts, but in the giver. It's not in the things that God gifts us with or the blessings of this life. It is found in him. God has graciously blessed us in so many ways, and yet we find our deepest longings met in him through Christ. This Christmas, receive the gift that will meet your deepest longings because it is exactly what you need, even though you didn't know it, you didn't want it, but Christ came anyway. We rejected him, but he came, and he offers salvation to us that would receive the gift of salvation is offered to anyone that will call upon the name of the Lord. Anyone that calls on his name can be saved. And so let me ask you this morning as we close with an invitation. Do you know Christ? If you do, are you satisfied in him? Or are you wanting something more, believing that it's just not enough? When we see our lives through the lens of Christ and the satisfaction he brings, everything else, all the blessings of life will be enjoyable. So much more so than when we flip it around and think I need the stuff to be satisfied. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation that offers to us the wonder, the beauty of satisfaction, eternal cravings and longings are met. All that we need is in Christ. So we thank you for the gift of salvation that is the perfect gift at the right time. The gift that continually keeps on giving. Lord, it is the gift that is honestly the perfect gift. It is the best gift for anyone on our list. Doesn't matter where they are, who they are, how old they are. Lord, we can begin sharing our faith with them and sharing their, their, their need for a savior. And Lord, it is the gift. It is the only gift that truly satisfies. So thank you, Lord, for that gift. Thank you for all that you've brought into our lives through salvation. And I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, they'd come to know you this morning, receiving you, confessing and repenting of their sins, trusting in Christ, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection, calling out to you for the forgiveness of sins and giving their life to you, Lord. May you save them, redeem them, and thank you for working in our hearts and minds. Father, help us to worship you now as we respond to all that you're doing as we desire to be satisfied in Christ above all things. Lord, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we sing a song of invitation? Would you come? Would you thank him that he is all you need? Or maybe you're chasing something else. You're pursuing other things that you think will satisfy and coming up short. Maybe you'd come and say, Lord, help me to be satisfied in you and in you alone as we sing.